Yo, what up, everybody? All right, so I got a cool episode for this week. Talk to JD Dilks again. Uh, it was one of my first episodes I ever did. And so this was kind of like a check-in um, to see kind of how he's doing, how his podcast is doing, and uh, just to kind of kick it around and talk a little bit. Um, I've, as you can tell, I've been backing off of episodes a little bit, doing a little bit more rants. And I've also tried fucking around with TikTok every now and then. So if you want to go find me, it's under I am Rob Childs. Like literally everything I do is under that. But um, back to this episode, I had fun. Um, it was cool just kind of like talking. It was kind of fucking around with each other, to be honest. That's all we really did. We both had some time to kill and uh, try to get some content down and see what happens. So this is that. Um, just kind of enjoy our conversation. Reach out to him online. Show him some love. And uh, yeah, find me online everywhere. I am Rob Childs. Even just to send me some that I suck. I've gotten a few of those, which is weird. Um, but I like them. So because even if you think I suck, you're still listening. So that's going to be it. Enjoy this episode. Uh I had fun with this one. I really did. So I hope you do as well. So please listen to JD Dilks. Got really weird. Done. JD, we're doing it again. I think you were one of the first episodes I ever did uh, when I started this thing. Um, and then I think I came on your show. We've kind of like kept in touch for like the past year or something like that. Just kind of on and off and everything and uh thought we would just kind of get together and see what happens so how the fuck you been man hanging in there i took a little um i i, I didn't take any breaks in between season one and two and i took a long break between two and three just to like kind of you know get done a bunch just the the subject matter on my main show because i have two different shows and the okay. subject matter of the main one that you've been on is, is like tough subject. All you're doing all day is hearing the worst of the worst mm. um, in addiction. So I needed a little break from everything and just kind of, you know, wasn't posting, wasn't really active on social media and just took some time to get back into therapy and doing that and psychiatry. And so, yeah, I went from, working myself to the bone to taking a break and kind of working on myself without like trying to overwhelm myself with work yeah because i remember when uh when i started this thing it was i wanted to do like one show a week you know every monday that was like my my deadline and uh it just it became more than what i could handle at one point in time because i also have school uh, full-time work. I got in an extremely serious car accident. Um, that was pretty bad. And, uh, it just, it became too much, but I remember looking online and it seemed like every day you had a new person on, you know, and it was it's like, cause that's what it, what it was. It was. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. It, it definitely seemed like that. And, uh, but I know when I was doing it like more consistently and trying to like get, you know, two, three, four guests on a week and everything. Um, the stories were heavy, you know, and like, I genuinely didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, you know, I just thought like, well, it's just your shit. I'm just listening to it, you know, but 
listening to all those stories and not being like a judgmental prick, like I'm used to being, um, it like, it definitely took a toll, took a toll on me to where like, I needed to step back and only do this when it was something that I really wanted to do. Um, and then not really feel like I had to put content out there for, um, all the listeners and everybody, um, because it was expected. Um, so it was kind of like, I put other people ahead of me and it was in the very beginning of doing this. So it was something that I needed to back off of and seeing you do it. I almost felt like there was like a little competition, like that I made up in my head of like, well, shit, JD's got 10 people this week. Like, I got to at least do, you know, half that or something like that, but clearly it kind of wore you out. And then we talked for a minute and you just kind of like disappeared um, off of like the internet for a while. And uh, now you got a second show. Um, So I want to get into that and kind of know what, what it's about. And, uh, but let's kind of just for quick recap, um, kind of tell everybody what your original show is and who you are. Yes. Um, just in case anybody hasn't seen the original episode we did. Yeah, my, my main show is MJ's Progress Not Perfection. Um, and that one is <clears throat> was started with me and my wife's nonprofit. So it kind of has the same name, MJ's. That's People were like, oh, why isn't it JD's Progress Not Perfection? Why is it MJ? And the M and J stands for Mikey and JD, my wife and I. Um, and yeah, so it's not, you said the subject matter is hard. It's not just hearing the story for the first time. It's, you know, you saw me posting new TikToks daily with different people daily, whether it was TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, I was then having to edit up all of this too. So not only was I, you know, every day talking with somebody new, sometimes three people in a day. And I would do like 10 interviews in a weekend. Um, it's also editing. And you're when you're editing, you're literally watching this over and over and over saying, oh, that's the juicy part. I got to find the, ju-, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it, it was, it eventually wears you out, you know, until I had to take a little break. I, I put out 115 episodes in a matter of five months. Damn. Most people put out three, four a month. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, and there was a lot. and I, But I wasn't working. It's all I was doing. So once I started working again, it got to be where, like, I need to take a break. And, of course, work again, you know, whenever you're working in a field that you don't really care to be in, you, you you end up back in therapy and that's what I did within like a month of being back to work on top of the podcast. I'm like, all right, I got to take a break from something and I couldn't take a break from work. They're the ones paying the bills when you're podcasting that much. It's not like you're making money. It's not like I was, you know, living off my podcast earnings. It was scraping by. And then so once I did get like, you know, a job to pay the bills again, I had to take a break from something and that was definitely my first, you know, but now I have a good balance of my work schedule where I cannot over. And that's the thing is I didn't want to overwhelm myself with too many of those stories again, like I did before. So instead of having one show that I concentrate everything on, I then started a second show and possibly a third one coming up soon too. 
Um, my second one is called Secondhand News, and um, it's like well, a new well, show. Second, second, secondhand, what? secondhand. Oh, secondhand. Like you get like okay. yeah, like hand me down yeah. shirts. You know what I mean? Yeah, secondhand yeah. shirts. Yeah. Um, because we don't research the news. We read the news and read it to each other. My co-host um, lives in Massachusetts. Her and I are good friends. We've been good friends for a decade. And we always talk about the news together. So I was like, why don't we just do a podcast where once a week it's us hanging out and shooting the shit. So that show is called Secondhand News because we're definitely reading the news and then reporting it back. So it's not like we're doing all the journalistic integrity. So that's why we figured Secondhand News is a good name for it. And yeah. that's... um. It's a weekly show. Every like Monday, Tuesday, we um we get on Skype for about an hour and just shoot the shit. And like the one episode, it was half the episode was news and the other half was how I met your mother spoilers. <laughs> it's a it's such just it. bullshit. Yeah, it's such just bullshit. Yeah. And, um and I might have one about travel coming up with a flight attendant friend of mine. Um, she's a, been a flight attendant for five years and been all over the world and I've traveled a lot. So I kind of hit her up to do a show together where we can talk about travel in different cities, different airports, different hotels, yeah. all this stuff that, you know, somebody, a flight attendant has one of those lives where they're always on the go. And, um, so yeah, I have, you know, just a show I want to produce with her where we're co-hosting, just doing a different city for each episode. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I uh, I don't with with me doing the podcast. I feel like I'm constantly judging myself against like the podcasts that are bringing in millions of dollars and you know hundreds of thousands of viewers. Like the second you upload something, and uh, so I've always kind of like looked up to you in a way of the fact that you're trying to really go for it. You know, like putting together multiple podcasts, putting out like the fucking 150 episodes in a month and a half or whatever, like that, that's insane to me. I don't even have that many episodes still, you know, that's not something that like I put as a goal. So to continue to try to like do this, you got to really love it. Like it has to be something that you enjoy doing, but how much of yourself are you able to put in? Because from like our first show we did um we talked a lot about you know like addiction and recovery and you know things like that and we've kind of like moved past that in our relationship and so in going through all the podcasts that you have gone through how many other episodes you've gotten collectively are you able to compartmentalize yourself and kind of keep yourself out of the conversation or do you put your or do you try to put yourself in it as deep as you can and use it as like a, a therapy almost? No, it's definitely this is like I'm playing beer league hockey. I'm I'm doing softball on the weekends, baseball. You know, okay. you yeah, know, yeah. like I, the way I say that is like this is just a hobby for me now. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I can I know when I'm watching the Rogans and the people that I watch and I see them putting out a show, I know that it's like me watching the Phillies game right now. We're on a whole different level and yeah. that's okay. This is something I just enjoy doing. 
as like last week i interviewed a buddy of mine that i he was on my show we met through tiktok and we're both um philly fans so i wanted to do a podcast on how to stay sober during celebratory things like baseball or football because right now in philly we have an undefeated football team and we got a baseball team in the world series flyers are hitting on all cylinders so you know how do we stay sober while rooting for philly sports and right. we talked about that so it's been a way for me to actually do an episode I want to do without having to hear the whole entire sob story of who I am anymore. Um, yeah. Because all of our stories are sob stories at the end of the day, bro. Like that's, that's what we make them out to be. And that's kind of the yeah. point is to, is a cautionary tale of what I've been through. Um, but it's something now that I'm able to just do it because I want to do an episode as opposed to, feel the need to like catch up with the people like me or like you out there where I I don't see that's a competition anymore. I did, but at the end of the day, I wasn't making enough money to where I could just keep on sinking everything into it when I knew I just could take a step back and kind of reevaluate things. I got 125 episodes out total. Um, okay. I think 125 on the dot because I put out like 112 in my first two seasons. So, you know, it, it was a it was a lot, but it was exhausting. And the content that you're looking at, like right now, I have TikTok pages that I go on more than my own. They're like, I don't know if you know Tom Segura or Burt Kreischer, the comedians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I have a TikTok page called Two Bears, One Talk, where all I do is post funny videos from Burt or Tom, and I have 120,000 followers. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Yeah. So, and that's, that was one of the things that through therapy was I had to change up the content that I was watching. So in in that six month span of me not putting out any episodes, instead of every day, you know, your episode, I had to sit there and record, you know, get clips to get people to go watch the full video. I'm like hearing about you and your stepdad and all the shit you've been through. And it's not like I don't want to do that. It's just that it takes a toll on you eventually hearing all those kinds of stories. So one of the things that I did for myself was change up the content that I was releasing. So instead of spending hours trying to find the nugget of worst of the worst in people's situations, I was spending time looking up stand-up comedy and finding funny videos to pull from those. Um, And then it got a reaction and people started liking the shit that I was posting and next thing you know, I think it's at one. Let me see. I haven't been on in a couple of days. The problem when you when you run comedians pages like that, you're in a you're in a shit house a lot for what you're posting. And let's see, it's at yeah, hundred and twenty nine thousand, hundred and twenty nine, almost one thirty. I'm too. I'm 2,000 shy of 130,000 followers. And all I do is I don't make money on it. It's not like, and I probably could try to make money on it, but I would, no, I probably wouldn't because they would shut me down because of all the community standards I violated over the past couple months. 
TikTok is so like nitpicky on free speech because it's China. They kind of can be. So, um, but yeah, man, that's it's kind of the stuff that I've been posting now is funny videos from my favorite comedians. And that takes me out of my head a lot too. You know, I make meme page. I have four different meme pages. I make memes for Bob's Burgers, a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I make memes for Bob's Burgers. I make memes for you know being an addict. I make memes for the TV show Psych. I, I have meme pages that I do now to get myself be doing having like positive creative outlets without the. I, I haven't been writing you stand up lately, so instead I make memes. Yeah, no, that's I've never met somebody that's actually made memes. So it's kind of cool to like to find out you're doing it. And then also like, I mean, you got close to 130,000 followers. You will have that probably pretty soon um, off of just having fun. Because I know for me, I took this internet thing way too serious. And like you're talking about like hearing all the stories and everything. And while there's a lot of validity to that and it, because I feel like we were kind of doing the same thing at the same time. And you were just doing it way more than I even wanted to. But you're in school. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in school. Yeah. But yeah, it was still not something that I wanted to do, you know? Um, it, yeah, it's trying to figure out exactly how to word it. Because what I wanted to do is kind of change it because it's a fighter's story. And so I was trying to think of, like, I needed to hear all these, like, horrible stories and like also be able to hear people get to like these successes and you know it was basically me just trying to figure out a blueprint on how i could do it and then it kind of morphed into this thing of like you know we're all a fighter everybody has a story and now i uh i'm meeting new people that just so all right so skydiving is something that i enjoy doing um, so I met a professional skydiver on the Red Bull team through Instagram, and we're going to record an episode tomorrow, but also like go skydiving at some point. And, you know, it's all completely positive. His story has no like huge traumatic instances in it or anything like that. But yet for me, his story is still very captivating and interesting because he lives in France he travels the world flying wingsuits for Red Bull. And, you know, like, so I had to find out that people can have stories without being traumatic. And just because mine is very traumatic doesn't mean that everybody's is. And it almost got to a point to where I'd be like, oh, well, this story is worse than yours. So I don't want to hear that anymore. I've already heard that. And I'd minimize the shit out of everything. And it, it just became like, my entire life was very depressing, you know? So I went through like a really shitty period in my life. Um, and just kind of getting out of it. I had like a car accident and now I have two sequestered discs in my back and like just all fucked up and everything. So like, there's all the trauma and shit going through there. But on the other end of it, it's kind of, I've been able to be positive and now try to like go find people that are doing nice things that are doing cool things. And so like for you doing the meme thing and everything, that's really, really cool. I'm definitely going to start following. Cause I didn't even know you had those. 
Um, otherwise, I definitely would have hit you up on those. But uh, yeah, I there's a couple things that in kind of just like chatting with, I've been curious about. So I'm just going to start shooting some questions at you and see what yeah. happens because we didn't have a plan. Um, one thing that about you and your sobriety that has always like I've been curious about was the THC consumption. Um, I've been, you know, perfectly clear on mine and the fact that I still use it. Um, I believe you did like the RSO caps um, and those aren't even available up here. Like we can just do the RSO and make our own, but um, yeah. So where are you at as far as the THC consumption and kind of in sobriety, I guess, just in general, just kind of update and, you know, where the hell are you at now? The problem with RSO is you gain a tolerance. So I, I take tolerance breaks. So like I haven't used RSO in probably well over a month now. Um, I'll smoke if I need to like sleep and all that kind of shit. Um, so I'll smoke, um, I'll, I'll pack a bong up and I'll smoke, but I'm not really, um, right now I'm taking a tolerance break cause I have to. And if I didn't take a tolerance break, I would consider it abuse. Um, so that, you know, it's where your mind, you, people can easily look at something and say, Oh, you relapse. And I didn't relapse whatsoever. Um, it was just that you gain a tolerance and next thing you know, you're taking way more than you want to take and spending way more money than you just want to take. So mm-hmm. it, to me, my life would be unmanageable if I was spending every last dollar on RSO just to keep my tolerance up. That's yeah. just as bad as spending all my money on drugs because it's spending all my money on there. So it's about being honest with yourself about when that line is and how much do you tow it. You know what I mean? So for me, now smoking bongs is taking me back to original original days of doing this, where I'll just pack a bong up as I feel needed and move on for my day from there. Yeah. Yeah. The the tolerance break thing is something that I've had to do, but also had problems with. And so maybe this is a subject that we can really dig our heels into because I've had kind of ups and downs um when i first got out of rehab i was in na and you know their whole vernacular is clean and so it's zero drugs zero tolerance that whole ideology and i fought it tooth and nail from the beginning of like nobody that's smoking nicotine and drinking caffeine is going to tell me that it's a zero tolerance policy it's just not it did it never logically made sense so after I went through the whole cancer scare and like kind of going through all that and getting introduced or reintroduced back into, uh, marijuana, it, it, uh, trying to figure out how to word this exactly. It's about how you have a relationship. Yeah. Is it a relationship where it's driving you or are you driving the bus? Like, is it, so it's about your relationship, just like a relationship you had with pills. Did they come yep. first or did your well-being come first? Did your pocketbook come first? Are you spending way too much money on it? It's how your relationship is with THC is going to dictate how much of it, which one is driving the bus, you or them. 
And if they're driving the bus, meaning driving you to spend all your money on it, then it's probably a problem. But if you're the one in control and you know what you're doing, you're not like taking, you're not like putting a priority on it. Like right now, if I run out of weed, I run out of weed. I'm not borrowing, stealing, whatever to, I'm not like before, if I ran out of pills, I was doing anything I could in lying and cheated and stealing whoever I could con and manipulate. I was going to do that for the pills. I don't find myself doing that with cannabis. If I run out, it sucks, but I run out and that's it. I'm not like sending out messages like, and guess what? I've had to borrow money for it. I've had to say, Hey, mom and dad, I ran out of cannabis. You think I can get 50 bucks? And I can get some more. And they're like, yeah, here you go. So I don't, that relationship is still one that I value to the point where I didn't say, hey, mom and dad, I need money for money for food and then use it for weed. I would say, hey, mom and dad, I need money for my medicine. And they would say, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. So it's that kind of relationship that I feel like is what makes a difference between abusing something who's in charge you were it and i was definitely not in charge when it came to pills but i'm 100 percent driving the bus on how how i use cannabis yeah i've that's kind of like where i've had the struggles with at times because i've had times to where like i have an active prescription for uh norco right now um because of my back and everything that's going on and i'd much rather choose to use cannabis instead of the norco um and so having to choose between those two is it hasn't really been hard at all for me like i'm gonna obviously choose the cannabis but there's been times where i've had to take the norco like there's just no way around it i was in the emergency room and uh they were like like my pain was just ridiculous my blood pressure is going through the roof they gave me uh shit it's it's like a something to calm you down i don't remember what it was but it was just like you know usually usually they'll give you ativan in a hospital setting to calm you if your heart rate if your heart rate's really high they'll usually put ativan in a drip and give it to you that way because i've had that happen to me yeah they gave me a pill it was i don't it was like a xanax type thing or whatever that's what ativan is ativan yeah yeah is like yeah. the, the younger cousin to Xanax. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever one that was, it worked or whatever, you know, and like it calmed me down and they handed me a Percocet. And I was like, no, like you can give me anything but that one, you know, like that was just like, that was the pill that I, I just didn't want. And so then kind of like never even abusing the Norco, you know, like I'd get 15 of them for like a month, you know, so it's like that's, what it, that used to be one serving you know of like five to ten for the day and so i i feel like i've kind of gotten that portion of my life a little bit more managed than i actually thought i was going to be able to um but now when it comes to the thc and the weed and everything it's almost become like it's hard for me to figure out if because i haven't like, I don't have to, like, go out and borrow money. I had, like, I haven't had to steal anything, you know. Like, there's been days where I haven't used it. 
but then there's also times to where like I've needed it just from like the nausea and not had it and been like a little agitated and that's fucked with me to where it's I felt like the old addict you know what I mean and so I've kind of had issues dealing with that have you ever had anything because I know you uh you did one thing that I wanted to bring up and I know I'm being tangential right now but you had you had a sobriety date and then but you had drank a little bit um like past that sobriety date but never changed do you do you know what i'm talking about i have a recovery date and i have a sober date that's what it was so i have two different dates that are dates are like anything else like i have a i have a tattoo on me that's that's the date 10 21 75 which is just a significant line for the movie goodwill honey you know, dates to me are important and they hold different value. So okay. my recovery date is 4-25-18. That is when I discovered what recovery is to me today. That's not saying I've been sober since then, because like you said, I have drinking since then. My sober date is February 29th, 2020. So I have two and a half plus years without a drink or a drug. But I have a recovery date of when I first discovered what AA is, what recovery is, and what kind of recovery I was going to have. And now it's to the point where, like, so I was prescribed oxycodone for like five days when I um, bruised my tailbone last year. And the difference was, is I wasn't sneaking them. I was, my wife was holding on to the script and she would send a message to my sponsor saying just gave him a pill each time she gave me a pill so it wasn't me and and that's the whole thing is the accountability it's almost like if you were in like a 12-step program for overeating it doesn't matter if you're skinny or big if you're if you're usually what you do is you send out a picture of your meal to like an accountability buddy usually you're like in a group text with a bunch of people and you'll send a picture out to what of what you're eating now are you, cause you have to eat, you have to eat. So it's not like you can just cut everything out. Like you do drugs or alcohol, you have to eat, but just in a responsible way. Are you sneaking meals and not sending out the pictures when you're sneaking a meal, then it's a problem and you're not sober. I like that. I've yeah, I've cause going through NA, I feel like it, it fucked with my head so much where i felt like if i took one of the norco you know my life was over i was i was dead um after the accident i remember like crawling out of the car and uh because i rolled the car and a tree stopped me from rolling more and uh it was a cadillac cts which those are like super wide so like it was bad for it to flip like that and uh i was just so adamant about not wanting them the the day of the accident i didn't take anything um even in the hospital and so i had to go back to the hospital on the third day like two or three or the third day after the accident um that's when everything really kicked in i had sciatic pain from the uh the discs that we didn't know about hitting my spinal cord and i couldn't walk you know like my whole leg was just dead and so when I took the first one, 
it was kind of just like I needed, like I didn't care. You know, I was like, I don't care if I live or die. It's that bad. And then I felt it kick in and the pain kind of like slowly went away. And then like, I didn't get this warm hug from Jesus. You know, it wasn't like walking into like heaven's gates and like, oh my God, I've found home again. The pain yeah. just fucking went away, you know? So I just, I, I've seen so many things that I've almost looking at as lies now that the program kind of like told me and not so much lies. It's just, those were their experiences. Yeah. The, and, it's still- it still saved thousands of people a lot. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. And you know, there's some people where they need to hear that extreme in order to stay in the room. Um, mm-hmm. That's something I've noticed is everyone has the same bottom, but a different bottom, whether it's, it, you could be losing a relationship, losing a job, losing a house, everyone loses something. Um, everyone's bottom is still the same though, because everyone's bottom is, finding your way to a room and saying i have a problem that's at the end of the day the bottom as anything gets everyone's bottom is the same to me yours might be getting arrested mine might be losing a job but either way they both landed me in aa yeah so i think everyone's you know how they say surrender and you're surrendering to the program that's the day that that's your bottom the day that you surrender is the day that you say nothing else is working for me. Show me a better way of doing this. So that's why recovery is important to me is, you know, and my recovery date was I learned what my bottom was. I learned what I can do when I give up something. I never thought that I would be able to go because I still haven't fucked with pills and in mm-hmm. a sense that I haven't like abused anything in four and a half years. It's just a matter of just doing like I'm coming up on what's today. Yeah. A little over four and a half years now. Um, when I, you know, first actually today probably would have been four and a half years since I'd landed in an AA room and actually heard myself in a speaker. And, you know, I, and I was still using cannabis and AA and I was very open about it, but that's the thing is I was being open about it. Just like the overeaters thing, they still need to eat. They send out a picture of what their meal is. And, you know, it's up to you on if you're going to stay true to that or not. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, I've, it has kind of like ran through my mind a couple of times of like kind of where you were at on that, just because I do look to other people's kind of ideologies or philosophies on sobriety and being clean. And, and it's not that I like to argue what's right, what's wrong or anything, but I do like to try to extract pieces of, you know, other people's knowledge and use it in my own toolbox. So that's kind of something that, I've been curious about. And then another thing is uh, when we met, you actually had a, uh, it was like a recovery center um, to where addicts could come and get help. Um, I think it was like during the day. And then you also had like a podcast studio set up in there. And it was something that you and your wife had self-funded through like the help of the city and put this amazing it was like mj's progress not perfection or is that the that's the podcast well it's both um, it, it was both okay yeah, yeah okay 
um is that still going and and what, no, what's going no, on? no the town stopped the town wasn't really that supportive that was us starting it on our own money um and then okay. my wife ended up sick um she's you know diagnosed with ms so you know we couldn't be there as much as we wanted to and we ended up eventually having to close the doors because i needed to get a regular job because i wasn't making enough there in a nonprofit to keep us afloat so you know we shut that down back in march we you know we lost power we can never get it to turn back on because the bill was out out of out of control and we didn't have enough to keep it going so that went that went out back in march we tried everything we could it is what it is and that's why i'm in a different studio now it's something i built in our, our current apartment just like it's where I work from home because I work from home now for a hospital system. Um, so it's where I work and where I do my podcast all in one spot. Nice. Yeah. I kind of got the same little setup here. It's like, I got a light to where I just, ever I don't have to really move anything. Cause I do, I'm probably studying for like seven hours a day here. And then if I do a podcast or like do some video editing or anything like that, it's, it's kind of all right here. It's, it gets a little frustrating sitting in one spot for that long, but it's something to get me through, you know, to the next stage. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Speaking of speaking of next stages, let's just kind of like get into what you're up to next. Um, do you have like an idea of kind of what, cause you don't seem like the type of guy that you're just going to sit stagnant for too long. You know I mean? Cause not too many people will start a recovery center, you know, like that's not a thing people do. Not very many people start a podcast, even though it seems like everybody has one, not everybody has one. Um, so it seems like, you know, you, yeah, it's you actually, I'm going the opposite, not, I'm not going the opposite way of a recovery center. Um, but I have always talked about opening, um, a cannabis lounge and also a comedy club. Um, I had an idea where I want to open a comedy club in the town that we live in. Um, but I don't want to serve a bunch of, you know, there's plenty of places to get a drink in this town. They don't need another one. So I wanted to make it a private club to where you can smoke weed and watch a comedy show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, So Pennsylvania is not a legal state. So the club would have to be for medical patients only until they legalize it. Um, But that is something is kind of like what the next thing is that my wife and I are workshopping starting together is kind of a cannabis lounge slash comedy club in the town that we're in up in Pennsylvania. That would be awesome. Yeah, I would we live, have we live in a college. Down. Yeah, we live in a college town. So, I mean, there's four different like shops where you can buy bongs in our town alone. So I know the supply, I know that the demand is there. There's just nothing right now doing that. Yeah it's there's one thing to where like if you open up like a comedy club and you're basically opening up a bar um and then another thing to open up something like this because it's one thing to go out with like a bunch of friends and spend like you know 200 bucks on some beers and get all shit housed and then you're screwed for three days it's another day to go out spend like 40 bucks on an eight split it between everybody 
eat too much popcorn and nachos and laugh your ass off and drive home nice, safe and sound a couple hours later when you're sober. And so I, I think it's something you kind of have to do, especially now that it's on the internet, it's out in the, it's out in the ether. So it's, oh, I've talked gotta, about it. Yeah. I've talked about yeah. it and I could do my podcast out of there. I mean, I, I miss doing stand-up comedy. That's why I make memes is because it's the closest Making a meme and writing a joke is kind of the same thing at the end of the day. Yeah. I still have to find the picture to go with whatever I'm thinking in my head. Or if I see like a funny scene in Bob's Burgers, I'll go, I can make a meme out of that, you know, and I'll find the clip or whatever to take it, you know. I've also learned how to edit videos differently too, because before, if I was going to post a promo, it was in a totally wrong aspect um, that it was supposed to be. Like if you got a clip out of our, this episode and you want to put it up on your TikTok to promote this episode, um, you probably do what I did was just, you know, take a big section of like a minute of us talking and just literally like, okay, that's the video. It's already done because I already recorded it. But if you yep. go to my... I changed the aspect ratio. So let me see if I oh, can. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. So it's like more focused on you and you don't have like the header and the footer and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference is, let me find a really good one. So before I would do like something like this, where it would be the entire thing, but only the middle is us actually talking. And now what I'll do is I'll make sure that the entire thing is taken up. Yeah. And once you do that, you actually get a lot more views than you do the other way. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just something that I noticed that it happened that way. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of re-editing old episodes because I'm finding that they're getting more attention that way. So if I record something out of this episode, I'm going to post it on my page and be like, hey, go check this out. I'm going to edit it so that I'm zoomed in on whoever I want to zoom in on and not be an entire widescreen shot. Yeah. yeah. And that's just yeah, some, seen, yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen uh, kind of like your progression in like your social media posts. And like, I've seen how you change the aspect ratio of it and everything and I, I wish I had a guide to do that because it seems like that's that's the biggest thing about um, doing anything like podcast or internet related is like you're on your own unless you want to spend money. Um, and if you do spend money, like I got the Adobe, you know, the whole creative workshop or creative suite thing and uh, trying to figure that out is like trying to figure out the manual to a spaceship at times and no one teaches us how to do it. It's, you got to go out and do it on your own. So the fact that YouTube has a, a lot, lot of good people... clips. YouTube's got a lot of good shit for teaching people how to do podcasts and stuff, though. YouTube yeah. some videos and you'll and you'll learn some things. That's uh, I learned lighting watching YouTube. I learned everything editing. I I edit on iMovie, which is the most basic thing to edit something. But I yeah. learned advanced tricks by watching YouTube videos that are literally called iMovie tricks and would learn how to do tricks in iMovie 
and I'm sure there's out there for Adobe. If you were to look up exactly which Adobe you have in YouTube, you're going to find people giving you tips on how to use it and do creative shit. Oh, yeah. Well, the cool thing with Adobe now is like they have a creative suite. So you have like this platform to where all your apps are almost in this folder. And you can be like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. And then it'll actually guide you through with your own, you know, like assets and stuff. So it's gotten pretty intuitive and pretty sweet to be able to, you know, to like self-teach a little bit, Yeah. but it's still extremely difficult. Um, <laughs> there was something that, oh yeah. So I asked you a question earlier about how much of like yourself that you're putting into the, uh, the podcasts. And I want to, I want to circle back to that. And then probably, I don't know, like, 15 minutes or something like that i'm gonna to have to get off because i gotta watch one of my clients fights but uh what i meant by that was not so much of like the physical being of who jd is but like how much of you you know like the argument in your head you know like the shit that you don't really talk to like the general population about how much of that guy do you put in to your uh, to your podcast and then juxtapose that with your comedy because every comedian and we could go on for hours about comedians and trauma because there is there you can't be a comedian unless you've had something fucked up happen to you it, you just can't or you're gonna suck that's just how it is and so how much of you are you putting into like your your memes your stand-up your podcasting and everything and using it as like a therapeutic, you know, avenue. I think that's kind of what I was leaning more towards. Um, no, yeah, that that's question. all me though. That's all me. I don't, I don't hold back anything. Whether it, I'm doing a podcast on news, or I'm doing a podcast on mental health and addiction, or if I'm doing a podcast on traveling, either way, it's all going to be authentically me. I don't have the time or energy to try to censor myself in my head before I say something. I, I used to try to do that. And then you start overthinking things. And that's where you get into some hotbed because then you start over criticizing yourself or over analyticizing yourself. And I'd rather just be my authentic self because it's just easier at the end of the day. I don't yeah. have the time or the energy to be like, wait, I told Rob this lie before, so I got to make sure <laughs> I I don't have that kind of energy. Anymore. It's hard. And yeah. so I, you know, whether I'm talking about mental health stuff or whether I'm talking about, you know, what new, whatever news cycle is that week about Kanye West or whatever, I, I am just being an open, honest book because I don't have that kind of energy, man. I just, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we'll kind of end on that subject um, because I've, you know, over this last year of knowing you um, and knowing, you know, about your wife um, and her MS and kind of like that break that you had to take, we had spoken a few times, you know, nothing too, too deep or whatever. Um, and so, you know, being authentically you, that's kind of like something that I like to pivot more towards is like deeper subjects every now and then. Um, it's a little weird thing that I do, but um, that period could not have been a very bright, you know, period in anybody's life. 
Um, you know, you had the recovery center that was kind of going down, your wife's sick. Um, you got to go out and get a job that you definitely do not want to get. Um, I can only imagine it's like working at a hot dog factory and being a vegan. I don't, yeah, I don't want to see how that shit's made, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% get it. And that's kind of where, where this last subject is going is, uh, you know, and if you want, like, you can cut this and put it on your, your uh, podcast as well, because this is mainly focused more towards you. And how are you actually doing, you know, and how are you, how did you get through that period? You know, because in knowing you, you've always been like really uppity and, you know, like, oh, you want to record something now? Cool. Yeah, let's do it. And you just, you know, hop on to help a friend out. You know, that's just who you are. That's the JD that I've known and, and met. And then when we talked, you were just like, nah, I'm, I'm good, you know, and it didn't seem like the JD that I had met. And so if you could kind of maybe help me um, in the future, whatever, if I ever come across something similar, but what did you do to get out of that hell? Because, you know, like I've learned you can put yourself in a dark hole easier or not easier, but it the pain is greater when you're sober because you don't have the alcohol to hide everything. So you're really sitting down there alone, you know, and now you're, you're coming out of it. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing the manly thing and you're still grinding and that's fucking dope. So how are you doing it and how are you actually doing? I mean, I'm all right because I know that it could be way worse. You know, and that's the kind of thing that always like it's almost like you played um hockey growing up a lot. Yeah. And I played hockey and I played football, I played baseball, and I go back to those practices in my head all the time of like, well, I survived going through this practice and doing suicides for two hours or doing the hill, or doing the stadium steps, things that I remember thinking to myself, I might die today. And it's strictly from overworking myself in sports. I think sports have a huge impact on how I get through a lot of things in my head, is I do go to that bank of what else have I been through and succeeded through, or made it through. And it's also that, like, there's comedians that I look up to that are 50 years old, and they didn't hear get to little any success at all until their mid 40s and i look at them like i'm only 36 i have time to still fuck up and and try to get myself back on my feet again if they did that much of a turnaround in two years what is me going to be looking like at 45 yeah you know so i i tell myself that all the time like i'm still like my life isn't over I literally have to take it one day at a time, but knowing there could be a payoff in a decade keeps me going. Yeah. I got this. Oh yeah. That, no, I got this theory. It's uh, I was telling my fiance about it. The, uh, the slingshot theory, you know, like if you pull so far back and all that's like trauma and stress and the shit you don't want to do, but if you keep grinding and you keep pushing it back, there's a release and hopefully you come back better than where you've ever been and you keep going, but it's, you know, projected and you're kind of pushed in the positive direction. 
Um, at least I hope that's real. Um, no, it is. Like, There's that, different. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't like dwelling, dwelling on shit and it doesn't actually fix anything. It just makes them worse. So I could easily sit there and dwell about how my week was shit or why my week was shit, as opposed to just try to look at what's coming up. What can I have to look forward to yeah. and holding on to those? So like right now I'm just killing time to watch the Phillies game, Phillies game in three hours. Right. You know, simple as that. How are they doing? I don't watch world. baseball. I, I do. And they're in the world series. So we won last night, game one, and game two is tonight at eight. Wait, the World Series is going on right now, and I didn't even know that. It's game two tonight, yeah. Today is Damn. Saturday. Yep. Yeah, see, I'm in Ann Arbor, and so right now we have uh, the U of M MSU game yeah. in Ann Arbor. And so the whole city is basically getting ready to shut down. And, and that's a cool like, city. I've and, been there once, and I, yeah. I ended up seeing um, Michigan beat – who the fuck were they playing? I can't remember who they were playing against. Uh, it may have been Northwestern. It might have been Northwestern. It was okay. seven years ago. It was an awesome time, though. I, my brother's a diehard, you know, um, fan of Michigan. So I yeah, took him yeah. for his birthday. And, yeah, that's such a cool city. Yeah, it's it's a very soft city for people like me. Um, but it it is a it's an amazing town to where – I've been able to kind of make mistakes and grow and uh, the people while judgmental at times um, they've also been through enough shit. So it's, you know, it's the landings aren't as hard, I guess, in this town, which are kind of a a good thing. So next time you're around, definitely hit me up, you know, even if you just need to make a trip, but uh yeah, so all right, one more thing. We'll get mm-hmm. you out of here, man. Um, so you're a comedian, and my thing has always been trying to push people to do shit that scares the hell out of them, but they know it's good for them. So when can I see you do stand-up? Because I got a buddy right now in Ann Arbor, and we got a comedy club here. Uh, we do open mic nights, and Pennsylvania's only like an eight-hour drive. I got some decent camera equipment. So, I mean, if you ever want to, you know, hop on a, an open mic night, we can make it happen. But uh, do you have anything planned, you know, and is that something that you even want to do? It's like, do not right now. No. Yeah. Right. Not right now. Um, it There's, I, I have a time when I remember I'm fe- like, it's, it's not a priority right now. It's not, it won't, yeah. it won't, it won't like fix anything in my head. Um, and I have so much going on at home that me even thinking about doing stand-up is so far removed from so that's why I write my jokes and memes. If I was trying to do stand-up, I wouldn't be making memes because then you're just throwing away the joke into the meme. You're not, yeah. If I was doing stand-up, I wouldn't be making memes and vice versa. I thought you were taking it to see what's landing. You know, it's kind of like you could that's a way of like tossing grenades behind cover, you know, like just to see what hits. No, I'm still I'm true to my authentic self of I I make sure every word is because you can't be too wordy in a meme. You you have to hit it and and write just the right tone. So if you make it this long ass paragraph, it's all you're all I'm doing 
I see people make memes and they'll write an entire paragraph. I'm like, that's lazy as shit. Anyone can have a run on sentence being like forever long and thinking it's funny. The hard yeah. part is censoring yourself, editing that thing down so that it's two, three lines. Because anything more than that, no one's going to sit there and read your paragraph inside that little box, bro. You got to figure out which words are important. So no, it, it's I love making memes because I can I can throw away that joke. I, oh, that's a funny joke. Let me put it into this with this picture, as opposed to holding on to those jokes for when I'm on stage. So either way, I'm burning through the material, except for I just use content differently right now. Yeah, dude, that's awesome as fuck. That's I've never. Because I, I obviously seen memes, you know, and like looking at them, they seem so simple. Like, yeah, that makes sense. It's supposed to say that. But for me to be able to create something like that is impossible because of that editing process. Because I would be the guy that thinks it's funny to write out a whole paragraph just to be able to understand the joke. So for you to be able to have that, what it is a skill, um, is fucking dope. And how is your wife doing? I feel like she's every day is different. It's, you yeah. know, it's, I thought I hated addiction until I met with MS can do. Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've kind of like bounced around it a little bit and not wanted to attack it too much and kind of just like, you know, ask head on, but that that's who you are. You know, you're a head on type of guy. So is she, is it in a positive direction or is it kind of up down and, just it's a neutral right out. now i would say neutral all right well yeah. we'll give her my love uh hopefully you know things turn out positive here pretty soon i genuinely hope that I'm not just saying that because there's cameras on us no i, I know truly she does better and uh how about you just take this last minute of opportunity to so for my jackass listeners they can become your jackass listeners yeah. and uh kind of support yourself and let everybody know how and also i need to know how to find the memes i'll send you i'll send you if you put in the description of this episode 100 it'll be my link tree my link tree has all my tiktok pages all my instagrams all my pocket all my all my shit there's probably like 15 different links between my you know um my meme pages to where I post funny videos, that kind of shit. They're all in the link tree. So I'll, I'll send that over to you so you can be there. But yeah, yeah MJ's, definitely. like like Mikey and JD's Progress Not Perfection, MJ's Progress Not Perfection is on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube. Um, there's 120 plus episodes out. Um, but then there's secondhand news and it's secondhand, all one word, like it's secondhand clothes but it's yep. the news instead of clothes. And um, yeah, that's once a week. And that's on Apple and Spotify and YouTube. Yeah, and yeah. that link will be in there too. And it's just my friend and I just talking about politics, news, and pop culture. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, that's yep. awesome. I love it. All right, man. I got to uh Thanks for having me, bro. Tomorrow. I'll talk to you. Yeah. Let me know when this yeah, is definitely. out. Oh, 100% I will. Yeah, I'll send it to you and everything. So, uh, all right, man. It's been amazing right. and yep. uh, love to your wife. All right. Have a good day, mate.